From the gradual, the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, our God would chiefly be known by us by his generosity. More than, more than us knowing that God is big, or that he is strong, or that he is mighty, or even that he is righteous and just, God wants to be known as a generous God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He who spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not also together with him give us everything else? For your sake, he who was rich became poor, so that in him we might have the riches of God. I will have mercy, says God, upon whom I will have mercy. In other words, I will be generous and there is nothing that you can do about it. That's how God wants us to know Him. As a God who gives gifts. As a God who, who opens His hands and satisfies the desire of every living thing. As the God who hears us when we pray and answers our prayer and gives us everything that we need. And because God is chiefly known as a generous God, it means that the people of God are chiefly known as thankful people. God, after all, gives and we receive. He offers and we rejoice. He saves, and we delight. So, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is officially a national holiday. It was declared uh, to be a national holiday by President Abraham Lincoln, and it's a celebration of the harvest, that the fields of our nation have yielded their increase, that farmers and ranchers have had a prosperous growing season, and we're grateful for these things. In fact, all of us here have a home. All of us have food. All of us have the things that we need for this body. And for that, we are thankful to God. Thankfulness, though, the root of thankfulness, comes from a lack. To be truly thankful for something, you have to know that you didn't deserve it or earn it. Uh, consider this. How many of you have written a thank you card for your paycheck? I mean, some, I, I don't know if anyone has. I should ask anyone. You get a thousand dollar paycheck in the mail and you say, Oh, that's good. You're grateful for that, but you don't go and write a note down. Dear boss, thank you so much for the thousand dollar paycheck. I really appreciate it. Your generosity knows no limits. You don't do it. A friend comes and they give you a $10 gift card and you go and you write a note right away. Oh, thank you so much. One guy gave you a 1000 and the other person gave you $10 and you're writing the thank you note for the $10. Why? Because you didn't earn that $10. That $10 came to you as a gift. That, that $10 was unearned. That $10 was not a mark of your work. It was a mark of, of your friend's generosity. And that's what thankfulness is. The source of thankfulness is, an, is not just a mouth. It's an empty mouth. 
True thankfulness comes from a lack that has been filled. A really thankful heart is a heart that knows that it has nothing on its own and has received everything by God's mercy. So that when we realize God is the one who who fills our mouth, God is the one who says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it, then we give thanks to God because He is the one who has given us what we need. In fact, we're helped on the way by this, by a marvelous instrument that the Lord has given us, and it's called our stomach. <laughs> now, some of you have better stomachs than others. I, not everyone has created equal stomachs. Some of you have bigger stomachs than others. But all of us have a stomach, and it's a great gift from God, because not only does this stomach process our food, but it teaches us something very fundamental. Our stomachs teach us to want food. I don't, I've been thinking about this a lot for the last couple of days. I don't know why, but it's, I have been. Our stomachs teach us to want what we need. When we have an empty stomach, it growls. <laughs> and if you don't listen to the growl, then it'll give you a kick. It, it starts to hurt. It says, feed me. Our stomachs do this marvelous thing by teaching us what we need. And, and even more for the Christian, our stomachs are, are even a more wonderful tool because they remind us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. It's like a built-in reminder that we bring before the Lord our fourth petition. I think it's because of the existence of our stomachs that food is the easiest thing to be thankful for. And when all of our other prayers begin to lack, at least we pray before dinner. Food. And all of the things that go with it are easy to give thanks to God for. And that's why I think that when you think of Thanksgiving, you think of what? Food and football, but mostly food. But food is not the only thing that we need to be to be truly human. We need much more than this. In fact, we need to be human. Seven things. Now, food, air, shelter, clothing, all of these count as the food category. That's only one thing, the needs of the body, food. But we actually need six more things to live a fully human life. And Jesus teaches us what these seven things are. We need God's name, hallowed. We need His kingdom, here. We need His will, to be done, and not the will of the world and the flesh and the devil. We need our daily bread. We need our sin forgiven. We need leading out of temptation. And we need at last deliverance from evil. These are seven things that we need in this life. But the trouble is we have only a stomach for one of them. Your stomach would teach you to pray, give us this day our daily bread. But there's there's nothing inside of you that... that teaches you to pray for God's Word. I mean, think about if we had it otherwise. If we had a Bible stomach. Imagine it with me, if you had it. Some, I don't know where it would be. It probably wouldn't be here. I mean, maybe it'd be behind your ear. You had a little stomach there. And if you didn't get enough Bible, it would start to hurt. <laughs> you'd get kind of Bible stomach cramps. It would growl at you. If you, if you skipped church, it would cause a pain and you'd have to go and listen to the Bible for it to stop hurting. Imagine if you had that. If you heard a sermon with false doctrine, it would be like you had food poisoning and you had to spend the night in the bathroom and false doctrine would be coming out of your ear. 
This Bible stomach would teach us to want that thing that we need. God's name, holy, His kingdom to come. We need God's word more than we need food, but we don't feel it, you see? Or imagine you had a forgiveness stomach. I don't know where this one would be. It'd probably be right here, kind of above your heart, somewhere in here. It's, it's maybe what your conscience is. It's a, a hunger for the Lord's mercy. When you sin, you have this kind of, you, you have conscience cramps. It growls at you. It says you need to, you need to hear the Lord's promise of forgiveness. You need to have His mercy. You need to come and hear the absolution. And when you come to church and you hear that your sins are forgiven, you, you, you have that satisfaction. It's like you're not hungry for that anymore. You, you would have this forgiveness stomach and it would teach you to want that which you need. The gospel, forgive us our trespasses, God's mercy. Or, or imagine this. Imagine what it would be like to have a deliver us from evil stomach. This would have to be huge. Every time something went wrong in the world, it would growl at you. Every time something fell apart in your own, in your own life, you would have this longing for God's kingdom to come, for, for Jesus to come back and deliver you from this evil. You would have this longing for heaven and your whole life, you would be hungry for eternal life. This would teach you to want what you need. Deliver us from evil. You see, we don't, we don't have a stomach for spiritual things. But the Holy Spirit will teach us. The Holy Spirit will give us a stomach for the things of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit will teach us, and this is part of our Christian life. The Holy Spirit will come and he will teach us to want what we need. Most of all, God's word. His son, Jesus, crucified and raised our sin forgiven, the doors of heaven open. And in fact, by the Holy Spirit, you, dear saints, do have this stomach for spiritual things. And that's why for Thanksgiving, you're not just eating. You're coming the night before and you're coming to church. You've confessed your sins and you've heard the absolution that your sins are forgiven and you can give thanks to God for the gift of a clean conscience. You come to sit and hear the Lord's word so your, so your Bible stomach would be filled. You hear a sermon preached and you rejoice and you give thanks for God's word and its truth. You have a hunger and a thirst for Jesus, for the body and blood of promise. And so you come and open your mouth and the Lord fills it. And you give thanks to Him for His goodness, for His supper, for His mercy. For you do have a spiritual stomach. It's an empty stomach. But Jesus fills it. He fills it with mercy and kindness and joy and righteousness and word and gospel and spirit. Jesus fills it. So you who are poor are made rich. You who are unclean are washed. You who are a sinner are forgiven. You who are far off are brought near. Everything that you need, even the things you don't know you need, everything that you need has been given to you by Jesus 
And for that, we give thanks. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.